Shadow's Bastion, a By Gods and Kings story, takes place in the fictional world of Dunai. All of these works are available to read on Kindle Vela and are available shortly after this release. For more information on By Gods and Kings, please visit our website, bygodsandkings.com, or follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Chapter 14 The Sunshire Stockades Three months had passed since Crix's arrival in Sunshire and the stockade was finally near completion. The six god-touched servants of Darien, with Warnier in charge, ensured that the stockade was being built as quickly as possible, while Bartholomew Constellats and the Dorvos ensured all the supplies were waiting on them. With Vanthius still hovering around assisting where he felt needed, the stockade was only days from completion. Inside the inn, the god-touched were stirring as they typically did. There were no other patrons as the god-touched servants of Darien rented the entire structure for themselves, opting for privacy and to not have to converse with any others. The inn was cold and basic, with only beds and simple pleasures for the god-touched, though none of them complained. To have a bed to sleep on was far better than the alternative, sleeping on the dusty ground outside the stockade. Crix kept to himself every day, only speaking when spoken to and keeping his nose to the grindstone. It wasn't his job to make friends or socialize with the others. His task was to help complete the stockade and then serve Darien following its completion. However, even though he toiled away, he continued to think about the time he spent in the caverns with Doserne and Wisely, and how the organization of Koristas functioned. He wondered if in the end, he would also be a slave in the stockade, sharing the same fate as those who were being imprisoned. His mind also thought about the Swamp of Egriates, and if he truly spent time in the lost village of Ariel. Too much happened to Crick since his soul was bound to Dunai, and now, for the first time in his existence, he was questioning things. He emerged from the inn as he did every morning, with the sun rising to the east toward the port city of Wurz. The wind was blowing against his face as he stood on the outside to take in the morning. Birds were chirping and boats were moving along the Sariac River, two things that provided Cricks with comfort in the mornings. Taking in the morning, asked a friendly voice from behind him. Cricks turned back to see Kuros emerging from the inn, holding a steaming cup in his right hand. Cricks closed his eyes and allowed the breeze to blow against his face before answering his friend. Sometimes it's nice to stand here and reflect on what our god and his allies created, he remarked softly. Kuros stood beside Crix and allowed him to enjoy the moment. What brings about that thought, queried Kuros as he remained motionless beside his ally. Crix turned and looked at the sun as it hid behind some clouds in the sky. He released a breath of air before a small, wry grin came from the side of his mouth. A lot has happened since I became god-touched, friend. A lot that still dwells on my soul to this day. Kuros blinked his eyes slowly as the sound of the Sariac River's flowing waters calmed him. He took a sip from the steaming cup. Are you talking about your encounter with those slave traders in Jarost? I told you not to worry yourself with that, Crix. I sent word to the high priest in Shorek to inform King Horshek of the problem. It will be dealt with. Crix turned away from the sun and faced Kuros and his steaming cup. I wish it were that simple, Kuros. I truly do. Kuros sighed heavily with Crix's response, though Crix was not disclosing the entirety of his journey. He had never told Kuros or any of the other god-touched what he came across in the swamp of Egriates. He never told them about the village of Ariel and the abbot Kadai. Though it was never accepted to keep things from his contemporaries, Crix felt it best given all that he went through. He pondered what would happen if he told the others what befell him in the swamps near Sunshire, though he felt it best to not disclose it. He didn't want to be sent on a mission to find Kadai and brave the swamps again. Crix, have you actually seen what we've built? Inquired Kuros, snapping Crix out of his trance. I know you've been working mostly with the artisans on the outside of the facility, but have you stepped inside and seen its grandeur yet? 
Crix paused and remained still, realizing he had never set foot within the stockade. I was told by Warnier that my skills were more suited for keeping the carpenters on task. Kuros laughed loudly. That's unfortunate. Perhaps you should stop listening to Warnier and instead act as I did and put him in his place. I don't want to cause disruption, Kuros, answered Crix plainly. Warnier was here first, so I decided I would just go where I was needed. Crix glanced across the river at the stockade and smirked. It appears to have been successful. Kuros took a step away from the inn and turned to face Crix. Why don't you come with me? I'd love to show you what I've done with the place. Crix exhaled loudly and remained stoic. Sure, why not? He replied softly. Kuros smiled gleefully and clapped his hands together. Great, he exclaimed. Come on, we haven't a second to spare. I'd hate to be showing you around when Warnier shows up. Crix laughed with Kuros as they made their way through the city. The two spoke with one another as if they were back performing missions together, prior to Crix becoming God-touched and Kuros being given his ultimate mission. They moved along, enjoying each other's company until they finally reached the ominous building. Crix followed Kuros into the wooden structure. The wooden floors beneath them were well constructed, though the basement underneath could still be seen in parts. Four doors were positioned in front of the two followers of Darien once they were inside, with the ceiling above them filled with exposed rafters. Another door, hidden in the wall with no knob or exposed hinges, was embedded to their right and led to the basement and attic. In case we need to go to the basement? asked Crick sarcastically. He glanced around the room, thinking it was the size of the entire structure and wondering curiously what more was to be done. Kuros, I must ask, this is just a room. I don't quite understand what the appeal is. Kuros chuckled and walked forward to the first door on the left. Why don't I show you, he inquired before placing his hand on the knob. He turned it lightly and pushed the door open. The ground beneath Crix's feet changed with Kuros standing and chuckling at his best friend. Within seconds, the two men were standing in an area surrounded by fields that were identical to the plantation to the city's east. Crix smirked and shook his head in disbelief. So it appears there are realms built within each room that are contained within the overall structure, he asked. That is correct, replied a gleeful Kuros. Every room is its own realm, layered on top of one another. The essence of those trapped within these walls will feel as if they are in their own realm, unable to escape. Interesting, stated Crix. The two men began walking down the road, looking out at the dusty streets and fields on all sides. The tall grass swayed with the two men walking between them, Crix still examining the area. He was in awe at the majestic recreation, though he pondered why it was so elaborate and ornate. After several minutes of silence, the two reached the front of the mansion, looking up to see the perfect recreation of the wooden structure. How do you feel about working so closely with the devout followers of Searia? inquired Crix as he examined the mansion in front of him. Kuros smirked and shrugged gently. They've been as pleasant as can be expected, honestly, explained Kuros as he ran his fingers along the exterior walls of the mansion. They've been quite particular with this wing because they know who's going to be imprisoned here. He exhaled and glanced back at Crix. They're going to attack and capture several of the tribes in Degranus. We're going to put them in shackles and deposit them here, where Constellats will be the cause of their eternal suffering. So they're going to kidnap and imprison the followers of Nerilil here while they are alive? Questioned Crix. They'll die eventually and their souls will be stuck here, replied Kuros. I don't know if you realize this yet, but souls cannot be sent here once the stockade is finished. The initial souls will be siphoned here through some means of xylene, which will power the magic in the stockade. Their souls will be bound to me once they arrive, and then I will be the conduit of this stockade. Crick squinted his eyes and tilted his head slightly, still confused but equally curious. Do you have any idea how this process works? Kuro shook his head slowly. 
Not much, only that I would be the reason the stockade continues to stand. Crix paced lightly in front of the mansion while gathering his thoughts. So you have no idea how this works, except that you are the linchpin to this plan. The priest of Darien paused and exhaled slowly. I trust that everything will be in motion and will work as it is intended, Crix, replied Kuros earnestly. Crix scoffed in front of the large structure. If you're so important to this, they should have told you more about how it works. I trust that everything will work as intended, Crix, repeated Kuros, but in a much more firm tone. The two stared at each other for a moment before a small smile came over Kuros's face. Come on, why don't I show you Taljus's jungle? He has a jungle, asked Crix rhetorically, not thinking that Taljus would settle for a lush jungle and instead choose a high mountaintop where the winds never stop swirling. Kuros waved his hands apart from the center of his body to create a small door out of the air. He reached forward and grabbed the knob, turning it slowly and pushing it open. The floor shifted from the dirt path at their feet in front of the Dorvo plantation to the lush grass with trees on both sides. The sound of the wind in the distance was replaced with loud, audible chirps. Do I hear harpies? questioned Grix. Kuros closed the door and remained silent, only nodding to affirm what Crix asked. That devilish bastard is going to torture whoever is in here. Kuros smirked and stepped away from the door, leaving it in the center of the floor while Crix examined the lush trees in the tall canopy. What is torture, Crix? asked Kuros with a stoic gaze. The god-touched servant remained still and peered through the trees, noticing several stacks of hay in the distance shrouded by massive trunks. Kuros stepped away from the door and stood beside Crix. Torture doesn't have to be physical pain. Sometimes, torture can be mental, emotional. The thought of harpies ripping your body to shreds repeatedly might be worse to some than the actual act. Crix shifted his gaze away from the nest in the distance and over to Kuros beside him. Do you feel that it is your job to torture the souls in here? Why do you ask? inquired Kuros. Crix smiled and turned away from the nest, showing his back to Kuros while also looking at the area around him. Kuros, this place that you've crafted is quite radiant. Is it your job to simply maintain the structure or will you be participating in the torture as well? Kuros laughed. I'll be standing beside you and the rest of the god-touched, ensuring that the souls are properly taken care of. Kuros stepped toward Crix and placed his hand on his shoulder. Your job will be to torture the enemies of Darien. I will be there beside you to assist, but I'll also be working with Bartholomew Constellats and Bantheus, as well as whoever appears for Xylene. Right, Xylene, stammered Crix. I suppose that is where we are off to next. Kuros walked over to the door and placed his hand on the knob. That's a great idea, he said before twisting the knob and pushing the door open. Kuros opened the door and the ground around them shifted again. The forest floor beneath their feet turned immediately into a sandy beach, with the massive trees and shaded canopy replaced with fierce tides and an exposed sun. The shadows were replaced with a bright light, forcing Crix to immediately shield his eyes. I wish you would have warned me about the light, cried Crix as he shielded himself. Crix looked away from the sun and out into the distance to see several islands, all with small mountains with openings in them. He turned his head slightly noticing only the islands without anything else in the distance to provide anything extra to the atmosphere or environment. This is quite a drab compared to the other two you have shown me, laughed Crix. I take it Xylene's representative isn't as creative as Saria's or Talgis's. Kuros sighed loudly. Outside of some Naga, which all reside in the waters around us, Xylene has not sent anyone. Kuros stepped over to the side of the island and gazed out at the closest cavern in the distance. This was the best I could do, though if I'm being honest, I really didn't care about this swing of the stockade. And why not? inquired Crix curiously. Because Xylene hasn't taken the time to invest in what we're doing. 
Why should I invest my time in making his wings spectacular and worthy of his greatness? Asked Kuros rhetorically, answering Crix's inquiry with another question. I suppose the way that I see it, every other god has sent someone to craft their world. He has not. Thus, I built a tank for his fish and stopped. Crix closed his eyes and nodded. What happens if no one shows up who serves the god of the tides? Kuros smirked and shrugged his shoulders nonchalantly. Then this wing doesn't get used, and the souls that were to be sent here will be dispersed to the other wings. Kuros stood still as a shadowy figure appeared in the water. Crick stepped forward, noticing a bright, blue essence surrounding a shadowy, serpent-like figure. Is that a leviathan? asked Crick as he pointed into the water. Kuros nodded while trying to suppress a brilliant smile. I may have indulged a few of my creative tendencies here as well. Crick furled his brow and folded his arms across his chest but Xylene is known for having a kraken. Kuros laughed loudly. Stay here long enough, friend, and you'll see him too. Crick's eyes widened. Then perhaps you should open one of those doors that we can go see the next wing, he said cautiously. I'd rather not come face to face with a massive sea creature this morning. I concur, said Kuros before turning around. He held his hand out, summoning a door from the ground again. This next area should really pique your curiosity, stated Kuros with a menacing grin. Their tour was halfway over and Crix was beginning to feel uneasy. The power that Kuros was wielding made him feel uncomfortable, and as those thoughts built, the idea of eternity in the stockade became much less appealing. We would like to thank everyone for listening to this podcast. More content will be coming out on a regular basis. For more on By Gods and Kings, please visit www.bygodsandkings.com or www.scriptcrypt.com.